0: The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope.
1: Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. That's right. I am hosting today. It's me. It's me. It's the DSP of Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host, as we do not have former WWE writer Rob Hockman with us tonight. I am Lee Walker, and I am joined by the adorable one, Al. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing as great as ever, Lee. How are you?
1: I am fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a fantastic show to which we are going to contradict ourselves a little bit, especially at the end, but you'll hear what I'm talking about. Al, let's start off with a little bit from last week with The CM Punk MJF promo fans, I know you're saying, why are you talking about this last week? You know, from last week, he talked about it because it ties into what we're talking about this week with a promo that happened on Raw. So AEW, WWE seemingly taking shots at each other. One will blatantly name the other company, Al. The other will not. AEW has no problem name dropping where for as we've always known throughout the existence of WWE even when they were WWF during the Monday night wars they would not mention WCW but CM Punk referring to MJF as a lesser miz and just the, the shots being thrown at WWE I thought this was a phenomenal promo L we see some retaliation finally out of wwe
0: yeah uh, absolutely a lot of people are saying that the uh promo battle between miz and my boy the rated r superstar edge on monday night raw some are saying that it was almost a carbon copy promo of the cm punk mjf promo from the week before on aew dynamite um I thought for once, I do think it was kind of a cool way of them shooting back. The only problem I, I didn't like is that, it, like I said, it was almost a carbon copy promo. But the Edge, and more so Edge than The Miz, kind of got his own shots in there, too, at both Punk and MJF. So it was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean... In, in the promo with Edge, we heard him say, hey, you're to The Miz, you're living rent-free in other people's heads being mentioned on other shows, clearly referencing the CM Punk uh, mention of The Miz referring to MJF as a lesser version of The Miz. Uh, but we're also seeing other things that have come out of that promo and other promos from that night, Al, as... Um, we heard edge also say, well, you are off dancing. Your partner was left high and dry here and was fired. Referring to John Morrison being one of the eight fired. Uh, This would go on not just between edge and the Miz, but we would also see this with Liv Morgan and Becky. Like these promos are becoming a little more edgier. Uh, I don't know if that's something to relate to AEW with how their promos have been, because they've just been more reality, straight spit and fire based than all oh, this is WWE and you know type deal. Uh, but Liv Morgan, you know, looks at Becky and says, "Your contract is the reason why my friends aren't here anymore." Again, WWE in their promos acknowledging these WWE releases which is something we've seen in the past with like CM Punk bringing up uh, Harry Smith and stuff like that. And Chris masters mm-hmm. in a promo with Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis and triple H all being there. Uh, but we're seeing more of it now, especially now that over 70 wrestlers from WWE have been mm-hmm. let go. Al, how do you feel about, you know, WWE once these wrestlers are let go now using real life situations again, like they did in the attitude era in their storylines.
0: So uh, I was going to make a comment similar to what you had just made about how previously we had seen guys like punk do this. Uh, I almost have a feeling that the writers or Vince or whoever's, you know, um, approving these promos that are happening specifically the ones that happen on Monday night raw, where edge mentions John Morrison being released and Liv Morgan mentions Ruby riot and Sarah Logan being released. Um, I almost think that the reason that those promos were allowed to be so edgy and speak about those released superstars was because of the CM punk MJF promo. I think they kind of saw them take shots at WWE and they were like, well, let's take shots at punk and let's have these guys cut promos like he used to when he was here, because you haven't really seen that type of promo be permitted or allowed since punk was around in 2011, since that promo where he talked about the likes of Chris masters and Harry Smith and Vladimir Kozlov being fired just days before, you know, that uh, contract signing that he had had with, I think it was uh triple H for a match back then. But you really haven't seen it since Punk. So I think that was kind of their way of taking shots at Punk. You know, WWE likes to see, say, we hear in the dirt sheets, um, we hear that WWE likes to say that they really don't care about CM Punk, that let him go be somebody else's problem in a different promotion. Um, You know, we weren't really too interested in in him anyways. Well, I kind of find that hard to believe because every time he says something on AEW television, it almost prompts a response from WWE every time. I think that CM Punk lives in WWE's head rent-free, and I think he has for quite some time, and I'm not going to change my mind on that. It's just too coincidental that all these edgy promos happened the week after Punk calls MJF a lesser Miz and you know all these little promos that he's dropped kind of towards WWE since he's been in AEW
1: I mean I don't disagree Al let me ask you this what have you been watching more AEW or WWE
0: uh, AEW I okay, I, try, I try I try to watch WWE this isn't like a this isn't just a pro AEW uh, channel that we run here you know we if wrestling's good we'll watch all of it So, you know, I know there's going to be people out there that are going to say that we're just AEW marks. It's not true. If WWE is putting on good product, we say that they're putting on good product, and we talk good about it. But the WWE product has not been great lately. Um, You know, specifically, as usual, Monday Night Raw. And SmackDown hasn't even been the greatest itself lately either. So, and and don't even get me started on NXT.
1: (laughs) Hold on. We're going to circle back to that SmackDown thing in a few minutes. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, however, I, I am, I'm with you. The reason why I asked is, is, uh, I've been the same. I've been watching more a W than WWE at the moment. I do catch raw more than I do catch SmackDown actually, which probably should shock everybody, but it is what it is. But, you know, speaking of, you know, we were talking the edge and Miz that that in that first beginning there, uh, One thing that was highly noticeable was the Miz wasn't alone as Maurice is back. So we know that we're seeing an Edge Miz feud in the works. They fire Morrison and they bring back Maurice. Okay, that's cool. A few days ago, Beth Phoenix releases a statement that after War Games, she will be done with NXT. I, like everybody else, am highly. Highly speculating that the bringing back of Maurice is going to lead to an intergender match of Ms and Mi- Maurice or Ms and mrs as the Ms mm-hmm. referred to her because she had the name on the back of her jackets and he had his. And
0: Aren't they cute so little, cute?
1: Cute little family moment thing there. Um, Beth announces she's she's done with NXT after War Games. I'm speculating we're going to get some sort of intergender match, whether it's Royal Rumble or, or something. Mm-hmm. All I can say is I'm excited to see both women back in the ring.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I. It's been noted before, I am a huge Maurice fan. I always have been. Um, I think she's one of the most underrated women's wrestlers of all time. So I, I I do it's it's nice to see her back until uh, Nikki Bella beat her record. Maurice was at one point the longest reigning Divas champion in WWE history. So I anytime she comes back, I, I do pop a little hard, you know. Uh, I do enjoy seeing Maurice on television. I think she always adds to the Miz's act too. I think when Maurice is on television with the Miz, I think the Miz is at his best. Um, so I'm excited to see where this goes. I do hope as well that beth phoenix ends up coming back and being part of this i'd like to see it maybe around like Royal rumble edge and ms gonna be a good match um or edge and beth versus Miz and Maurice. i don't see it as a wrestlemania caliber match and i don't say that because of the type of match i say it because if you go back about 10 years ago these guys have had matches these two guys have had matches before um you know they they were around at the same time before so this is a nice feud to come back to i don't think this is one that we need to you know, stretch out for a super long time. I think this is good filler feud for both of them.
1: I got to agree. I I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of both. Mm -hmm. I'm a MTV reality alumni star with the Miz. We have edge who's always been phenomenal. And every time he comes back, it's great. And I love the fact that he doesn't do the full-time work. And I'm going to talk about this real quick because CM Punk has been having like a lot of matches on AEW. And I would argue that a lot of these matches seem meaningless in between the feuds that he's having with people. Mm -hmm. But for to constantly have Punk and, you know, Danielson wrestle a lot, I think it's taking away from their it factor almost like uh, example Alex would you mark out every time for edge if he was on weekly and pay-per-views and all this and that
0: so the problem with that is you're asking the wrong person because yes yes I I would (laughs) um before he before he retired I literally like there's no superstar that I have adored more as like a role model or just like a wrestler in general than edge so if if, edge is the wrong person to use but if we were talking about someone like maybe i don't know like brock lesnar or like uh i'm I'm just using a couple other part-timers or like triple h or something like that yes after time i would start to pop a little less edge however you you chose the wrong person because i'll pop for him every time (laughs)
1: yeah but which do you pop more if you see him weekly or if he's gone for a few months and then comes back
0: well then yes um if he's gone for a while i i I will pop a little harder yes
1: that's that's where i was trying to go with it so like cm punk wrestling weekly my pops become less and less of like uh yeah edge every few months yeah i pop like crazy i pop more than i would if you know he was a a weekly thing type deal right um it's just something i've noticed you know like cm punk wrestled uh lee on on wednesday
0: lee moriarty yeah
1: yeah it it didn't do much for me but with him and mjf that does a lot for me so Mm -hmm. like i i you know just little, these little things is just stuff I'm starting to pick up on. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. But um, anyway, I, I just I just found it interesting, that, that little tidbit. But going back to WWE, getting back on track. Al, this is something that you and I talked about through our texting about what we want to do for the show this week. And one of the biggest things that you and I had both noticed, and then we'll talk about SmackDown. What the hell is the point of 205 Live and even having the Cruiserweight title anymore?
0: Uh, yeah. That's a good question, Lee. Um, I, I have a lot to say about this. So I feel like. Now specifically more than ever, maybe within like the past year, the the Cruiserweight division has almost become pointless. NXT barely even gives them uh, TV time for it. I don't feel like, well, while Roderick Strong is a good name to be holding the title, I feel like he is, he's in national on higher in the cruiserweight division and i don't say that to downplay cruiserweights or you know anything like that it just it doesn't after his after his work that he did with the undisputed era and was a tag team champion and a north american champion roger strong should be in the nxt title picture and that's it's simple plain and simple um i don't think much has been done with the cruiserweight division since leo rush was champion as far as their you know their version of the cruiserweight division and nxt And if we're going back even farther, the cruiserweight division revamp that we've seen since 2016 in general, I don't think that the cruiserweight division has had as much steam behind it since Neville, a.k.a. ADW's Pac, was in the cruiserweight division, was holding the cruiserweight title, and was probably one of the best things on television.
1: You and I are kind of going to not disagree, but little things that aren't going to add up. Okay. okay. When it came to 205 live in the whole cruiserweight division, I said that they needed those stars of Finn Balor, who is a cruiserweight, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, Finn Balor, uh, Tommaso strong Cole, like all those guys who are cruiserweights,
0: even Mysterio
1: Mysterio. Yes. They should be used in the cruiserweight division. And they're the only reason why I say that, is because it, it then it gives star power. Then mm-hmm. it gives people in, in no disrespect to any of the wrestlers that were part of two Oh five live. It gives them a reason to watch
0: mm-hmm.
1: fans hated when Enzo was the champion, but guess what? People they, were talking about it
0: and people were watching.
1: Yeah. As far as the show two Oh five live now goes, they gutted that roster they changed it from WWE Cruiserweight Champion to NXT. Yeah, it's, a,
0: it's basically NXT's second show now.
1: Yeah, but you don't have the NXT Cruiserweight Champion ever on Two Hundred Five Live, and he's it's basically he hasn't been on Two Hundred Five Live, and I would probably say years, a few years.
0: Yeah, probably if the they first are, initial like, start. If they if they are, I think it's like maybe occasionally, like one episode, like a year that you see it. Like I think the last time the NXT Cruiserweight Champion actually showed up on two hundred five live was when Kushida was champion.
1: If that, and no offense, I'm not getting on Peacock to watch. I just it's not a cruiserweight show anymore, so I don't care. The problem I have is, is like, like you're saying, Roderick Strong's a, a a great person to be the champion, but he should be at a higher caliber. I the reason why I say we might not agree a little bit here is because. I think that those stars that I mentioned should be part of the cruiserweight division, but why can't they wrestle on the main roster or be part of other things while right, doing right. this? You can make it work. They WCW did it with, with their, with, with, with their cruiserweights mm-hmm. prime example. Look at when Rey Mysterio feuded with Nash or had matches with Conan, you know, so they were, they were able to do it. It's just WWE's never understood a cruiserweight division. And, and, and I'll date this back all the way to 1983 when the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship was actually created because I believe the company that they used it with was the UWA, but that championship went everywhere Japan, Mexico, Ultimo Dragon held it. In 1996, he brought the WWF light heavyweight championship to WCW when he won when he when uh he won the super eight when he won the mm-hmm. eight nine championships. He was also the WCW cruiserweight champion, so that meant he was the first person to ever hold a WCW and WWF championship at the same time. Fan we did an interview with Ultimo Dragon. You can go to youtube.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, With Sonny Ono and Ultimo Dragon, you can watch it on there, but you can also listen to it on our podcast, Apple Podcast Perch on the Top Rope. Shameless plug. So, so WWF and WWE, they've never understood the cruiserweight division because the belt, the the light heavyweight championship ended up at Takamichi Noku's uh, company in 97, and that's when WWF goes, Hey, we want it back. We'll, we'll do our own cruiserweight division basically with the light heavyweight. And hence you saw Takamashi end up as the champion. Uh, because he already had it in his possession. Mm-hmm. So that's how they brought him in. That's how he got brought into the company. Mm-hmm. Flash forward. WCW gets bought out by WWF. WWF starts a cruiserweight division, but it was a lackluster. You know, they didn't use Ultimo dragon, right? Uh, and you can even see tidbits of where, like, guys like Mysterio, Shannon Moore, Bro, uh, Matt Hardy,
0: other... Matt Hardy was cruiserweight champion at one yeah,
1: point. You know, where, where they're not used properly within the division itself. But you end the division with Hornswoggle as the champion. That's just a slap in the face to, to the cruiserweights. No offense to Hornswoggle or anything, but right. you can't honestly, realistically expect a little person in my mind to win a match like that i just don't see it but i mean it's wwe so it is what it is um i just think wwe's never understood the cruiserweight division and at this point get rid of the title get rid of 205 live you're doing not it's doing nothing for anybody i mean is it giving exposure to some of those wrestlers that might not even get on nxt yeah probably but who's watching
0: So the problem is, uh, in my opinion, that and it comes down to the same thing that we see on the main roster all the time, if you're not a certain size, Vince doesn't care about you and your push. And that's why Cruiserweight divisions I feel like have never been extremely successful in WWE. They might be for a small amount of time, but it fizzles out every time because Vince stops caring.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, you know this, Al. We've interviewed how many legends from Curtis Mm -hmm. Hughes, Road warrior animal, all these guys, Bob Orton, cowboy, mm-hmm. Bob Orton, you know, WWE hall of famer. They all kind of say the same thing. They don't like the flippy floppy stuff, which is cruiserweight division wrestling, Lucha Libre. Yep. There's many forms of wrestling now, you know, from all over the world. And, and this is where WWE kind of gets themselves in trouble because they try to give a little bit of everything. But then when they start putting the storylines and stuff to it, it just, it, it doesn't work. Nope. so i say just scrap the whole division get rid of the title it's doing nothing for anybody at this point except for Gar. except for strong who- who's got the title right that's really about it you know yeah
0: no i uh i'd have to agree with you i think i think that one of their biggest problems too is like you had said they gutted almost the whole division most of the original guys that were a part of 205 Live when the cruiserweight division was uh, rebranded, if you will, you know, almost five years ago. Most of them have been released from the company since then. So you've got a lot of people that nobody knows. The the original issue, I think, when they brought 205 Live about was – that, like you said, they didn't use enough bigger names that people knew. And not that any of these guys aren't good. And a lot of them are bigger names now. But the problem was that back at the beginning, when 205 Live started, you were trying to run a show off of people that the, the crowd didn't know yet. Without yeah. adding any star power. And like I said, those guys are bigger names now. But, uh, you know, they weren't yet at the time before. Because they were still kind of up and coming. And I think that kind of set the stage for unfortunately a mediocre show that has since been made even more mediocre so i'm gonna agree with you i do think that um i think some of these guys that are on 205 live would be better off going to other shows i think they need to get rid of 205 live i think the nxt cruiserweight championship should be respectfully retired at this point and i think that they should move on
1: yeah i mean they could have saved it but I think it's too far gone to save. Even even if you start bringing those stars over to be part of it, yeah. it's just it's it's too far gone. It is what it is. Uh, but speaking of mediocre shows, Al, I want to talk about Friday night, specifically SmackDown and Rampage because they're on that night. Mm-hmm. A two-hour show, Al. I'm going to briefly run down uh, some of the results. Sasha Banks defeats Shayna. 8 minutes, 56 seconds. Los...
0: Lotharios.
1: Thanks. Defeated the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders at one point were one of the hottest tag teams in WWE. They defeated them in a minute 36, a squash match.
0: Well, it was also partially because of a distraction from Shinsuke and Rick Boogs, but still...
1: Yeah, still, you know, still very quickly. Um King Xavier Woods defeats J Uso by DQ 2 minutes and 2 seconds. This one's a shame cuz this could be a hell of a match if given proper time. Sheamus defeats Cesaro 3 minutes 47 seconds. <sighs> Universal Champion Roman Reigns defeats Sami Zayn obviously distracted with Brock Lesnar in 16 seconds. Al, do you know how much time total that two-hour show had with in actual wrestling? Not a lot. It is 16 minutes and I believe 31 seconds if my math is correct.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: AEW Rampage is a one-hour show. In that one-hour show... I didn't watch Rampage. I apologize. FTR defeats Penta and Pac. 18 minutes, 19 seconds. (laughs) That one match had more wrestling than all of WWE Smackdown in five matches, Al. Is there something wrong here?
0: Uh, Say a little bit.
1: Am I, am I missing something? And, And this is why I said we we're going to kind of contradict ourselves a little bit, because in the beginning of the show we're talking about how great some of these promos were. Al, can you tell me a, a memorable promo from Friday?
0: I uh, I can tell you one, only one. Okay,
1: that, that's and fine. Fair.
0: That was the Brock Lesnar promo at the beginning of the show.
1: That yeah, I mean,
0: aside from that though, nothing.
1: Okay, so. 16 minutes and 31 seconds. WWE. What the hell what would you do with the rest of the time? I, I, I had plans. I openly didn't, I openly admit I did not watch, which is hence why I also didn't catch rampage. Um, I'm going to catch them later tonight. They're DVR'd, uh, which I probably should have done before we did this show, but I'm, it's okay. I'm, I'm human. It happens, (laughs) you know, but, uh, 16 minutes and 31 seconds versus just little over 18 minutes 19 seconds of AEW Rampage in a and one hour. That's just one
0: show. match. And that's just one match.
1: Yeah, for a one-hour show compared to a two-hour show that had five matches. <sighs> and the reason why I said we're gonna contradict ourselves is because we were just saying how good the promos were with, with Raw and on Dynamite, and then here we come to SmackDown and Rampage. And SmackDown has, like, no wrestling. What the? I'm not going to swear it, but, I mean, come on, man.
0: Yeah. Um, the only memorable part of SmackDown from this week I did watch was the hilarious promo from Brock Lesnar at the beginning um, when he basically convinced Sami Zayn to take the match. And speaking of five wrestling matches on that show, let's remember that one of them was a world title match, and it was the shortest match of the whole show.
1: 16 seconds kind of like um when a certain money in the bank participant cashed in at the pay-per-view and that champion only held the championship for eight seconds yeah so that match was kane versus Rey mysterio
0: yes it was um but yeah aside from the brock lesnar promo smackdown was very just bland I, just,
1: I it was it was it's
0: It's unfortunate too because it's been consistently the best show
1: yeah you know um it is unfortunate you know shows do have those you know roller coasters high where they get so high that they they're bound to have a bad show and i think that's what the, this case was mm-hmm. but you could have planned for a little more wrestling i mean come on end of the day it is what it is but i mean if a one hour show has more wrestling than a two hour show, you're telling me uh, that's just saying something's not being done right here. It, I mean, if you had memorable promos or where something like really big happened, Mm -hmm. you know, where it was absolutely crazy, you know, say like the WCW lawn dart incident between Kevin Nash, where he throws Ray Mysterio that ironically, Neil Pruitt talked about in our interview that you can watch on YouTube YouTube.com slash perched on the top rope. And you can hear all about that because when they did that, that took away from a lot of the wrestling that went on, on that episode of WCW nitro, they spent, I want to say for that two hour show over 40 minutes was spent just on that alone. So
0: yeah. And just as a little side note that I want to talk about on SmackDown real quick, um, because Even though the end game is obviously another match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, you didn't have to do Sami Zayn dirty like you did on Friday. You know, he's probably one of the best wrestlers in the world, and you didn't have to do him dirty. However, one has to wonder if maybe this is their way of getting back at Sami Zayn, because maybe he's not going to re-sign with the company once his contract runs up soon.
1: And you know what, Al? I'm so glad that you brought that up because there's a few other wrestlers besides Sammy that is Mm -hmm. in this situation, like Candice, LeRae, and and a a few others. Um,
0: Let's talk about that WWE title match at day one where uh, Kevin Owens is probably going to take the pinfall in that match.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because Kevin Owens is another one where his contract is coming up. And the only reason why some of these names are being brought up is because, like, with Candice, with her contract being up, it is expected WWE is going to hold, if she doesn't resign, WWE is going to hold the pregnancy against her where she has to stay for the time that she was out. Probably. Sami Zayn, we know his contract is up, I believe, before 2021 ends. Mm -hmm. And the last I heard not much has gone on i know that they've put a lot of focus on a certain someone we're going to talk about in a few minutes and it's not kevin owens i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen but even kevin owens in the past like over the summer has made cryptic tweets Uh regarding um certain navigation points yep that if you know you know about his past with a faction he had in pro in a pgw pro pro gorilla wrestling or pro wrestling gorilla whatever it's called i can't remember it's fine um he had a faction with the young bucks and the points that he had tweeted out were actually referencing that you know his contract's up soon too but the, the the contract that really intrigues everyone at the moment also has to do with Candace because, I mean, she's married to him. And Johnny has Gargano. To
0: with, has to do with later tonight as well.
1: Yes. So let's talk about it. Johnny Gargano, his contract was up, I believe, December 3rd. He signed a 10-day extension just so he could participate in war games. This is one of the matches he's never participated in. He made a tweet about that specifically to make it known that I'm finally going to be in war games, which is cool. Uh, Knowing this, this whole contract thing, I would say that it's a safe bet that wrestlers talk to each other. Friends talk to each other. They, they, they share their inside stuff with each other. I'm, I'm sure. And this would be no different. Tommaso sent out an Instagram post with a collage of photos of him and Johnny. I'm going to read it real quick. The collage is very nice. Really amazing photos of the two of them working together throughout their career in NXT. Uh, little things from like a backstage segment to like when they were doing the stuff, joking with Robert Rude.
0: Oh my God. The, the Rude bombs, the original Rude bombs. Those were yes. great.
1: With the glorious, them with Triple H them feuding with each other, Mm -hmm. holding their championships together, sitting ring apron together, Tommaso hugging Johnny and Candice.
0: That was was when Johnny won the NXT championship.
1: Yes. Here was the, the, the quote that was in with everything. If tonight is the last time we share a ring together, then I've got two words for you. Dot, dot, dot. Hashtag thank you. Al, in my eyes, Gargano is all but gone. And I say say this when he tweeted about being excited for for war games. If he doesn't go to the main roster, what else is there for him in NXT? Because I'm pretty sure he's like Tommaso. Yeah. Said he'd be a diehard NXT guy until the time was done.
0: Yeah. And I think with NXT changing that the way it is, I don't think they feel that it's the same NXT that they were a part of anymore. I don't see, I mean, this could all be a swerve and Johnny could be going to the main roster. I'm I'm gonna think otherwise and assume that he is leaving the company because generally when talent does sign 10 uh, day extensions, it's usually to, or, or extensions at all. It's usually to finish a feud that they're in out of respect, or it's to make it to a pay-per-view, do a match that they are booked in. Uh, we saw Adam Cole do the same thing earlier this year. He signed an extension to a get through to a pay-per-view and B finish out his feud with Kyle O'Reilly out of respect for Kyle and I have a feeling that we're seeing the same thing with Johnny Gargano. My assumption is that I I think that maybe he sees that this is not the NXT that he helped build and that you know maybe he doesn't like the vision or the direction it's going. And I know a lot of talent don't right now. And he also, you know, he doesn't want to take that risk of going to the main roster and then getting cut and then having the 90 days. So uh, I think he's I think he's going to take his venture, see what's out there. Doesn't mean it's the end of Johnny Gargano and WWE, but I think it is for now.
1: You know, I've... Everything you just said kind of reminded me of something. Do you remember when... It wasn't like the first big batch of releases, but I want to say it was like the first big one of 2021 where WWE released a bunch of the two Oh five live and NXT and this and that those stars. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like Candace and Johnny had announced the pregnancy. It was right about that time when those releases had, had gone on. She, I think she'd already been pregnant for a few months, maybe. Yeah. And he had made a statement that whatever happens with him in WWE, it is what it is type deal. It was a tweet and it didn't sound good. Like his mind was kind of already made up about leaving or that through all these releases, he's unsure of what's happening. And with the change in in NXT, I'll openly admit, I don't care for NXT 2.0. I think they've made it to WWE main roster ish for me.
0: It's a kid show
1: NXT had something special about it. And I feel like that uniqueness and that specialness is worn off. And I feel like that even some of those OGs feel that too. Uh Um, And then when you brought up the contract extension, that was a second flag to me that he's not re-signing with WWE. We also know that if he doesn't re-sign with WWE, and if this is in fact his last match, in wwe there's no 30 day no complete clause. there's no 90 day he, he, could, show, get, he could
0: show he could show up on AEW on wednesday
1: just like adam cole had done mm-hmm. he didn't waste any time and i feel like gargano would be another one that will not waste any time making his presence felt elsewhere absolutely not
0: um and the other thing I, I want to, going back to what we were talking about with, like, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens being the guys that are going, putting guys over, um, you know, consistently with whether they may be leaving or not. Um, it's it's no secret to really anybody that Team Black and Gold is not winning this War Games match tonight. They're, they're, they would it, may, it would make no sense. They're They're going in this NXT 2.0 direction. They'd make it wouldn't make any sense for the team of Champa, Gargano, Dunn, and Knight to win. So, who do you think is going to take the pinfall? The final pinfall loss for the match tonight. Yeah, it's most likely going to be Johnny Gargano.
1: You know, speaking of War Games, Al, you have the you have the card. Let's go over it. While well, while we're on the topic of 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 that main event, there, the War Games itself. Let's let's briefly run down this give our predictions because uh nice uh, <laughs> yeah it's tonight
0: all right so um a lot of uh black there's a lot of black and gold versus new nXt as well in here too um I feel first, like first,
1: that's on purpose
0: yeah I feel like this is kind of the final to... it's like
1: an it's like an uh, nXt 2.0 verse nxt og survivor series kind of pay-per-view almost just without the traditional match
0: yeah not all of the matches i like that but it's 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 kind of so uh cameron grimes versus duke hudson in a hair versus hair match duke hudson is uh one of the newer i would say he's more nxt 2.0 than regular he did show up beforehand because he was part of that uh rookie tournament that they had started with nxt like earlier towards like the end of the summer beginning of the fall yep but he's been more of a character on tv since the change to the 2.0 he's been feuding with cameron grimes cameron grimes uh it's it's been rumored backstage that they kind of wanted him to change his look up a little bit so he can be taken more seriously he's already shaved his beard down a little bit he's had a shorter beard on television lately um I think this is almost their way of kind of getting that change out of Cameron Grimes. So personally, for me, I have a feeling Duke Hudson, whoever he is, (laughs) uh, I think he uh, I don't I just haven't had enough exposure to kind of figure his character out yet. No offense to him. Um, (laughs) I have a feeling I can't
1: help but laugh.
0: It is what it is. Um, I have a feeling that he's winning this match tonight for them to give uh, Cameron Grimes a little bit more of a more
1: serious look. Yeah, based off everything we know with the changes that they've been doing, I, I highly anticipate that um, that's what's going to happen. I, I almost feel like this is a maybe at first Grimes was like, no, nah, I don't want to. And then they were just like, well, we're going to do a hair versus hair match. So,
0: So you're going to do it whether we like, whether we want to do it or not.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, okay. We're both on the same side with that one. Um, the tag team title match, this one's kind of a mix of more so old black and yellow NXT with, with a little, little, little twist of NXT 2.0. We have uh, Imperium, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel uh, defending the NXT tag team titles against Kyle O'Reilly. And Von Wagner. Von Wagner being whatever. He's been pushed pretty hard since this NXT 2.0 thing started. He was in the NXT title match when Samoa Joe vacated the title. Um, he's been seen as... Uh, he was like Adam Pierce's bodyguard on a random episode of SmackDown one week. Um, this is tag team that they got going on with Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly is weird to me I have a feeling that this might be um their way of kind of just filling Kyle O'Reilly's time because I also have a feeling he's another one that we're gonna see on his way out in the near future um I don't I don't see Kyle O'Reilly winning this match so I don't see Von Wagner winning it either so I'm gonna say Imperium retains the NXT tag team titles
1: well von wagner is the guy that vince mcmahon had been really high on and compared him to like the next edge
0: Mm
1: kind of you know let me ask you this l how do you feel about this guy being compared to edge no (laughs) okay
0: absolutely not um not he's not bad. There's just no one his edge. Um, I think he's gonna be good. I think the name that they gave him is god awful. His his generic name that he was going by as Cal Bloom before was better than this. I I think I think the Von Wagner name is a very stupid name. Um, I think they could do better. I think they should have done better. Um, but I don't know if he's being pushed this hard. Maybe he does win the tag team titles with Kyle. Maybe that's their way of trying to entice Kyle back in to stay. I don't know this. It's just this this storyline with Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner is really weird to me because it all it really feels like they're just trying to kind of fill Kyle O'Reilly's time and not give him anything super important until he's until he's gone. Because right up until this 2.0 thing started with NXT, it seemed like Kyle O'Reilly was rocketed on his way up to the NXT Championship. You,
1: you know how I compare this to this whole NXT 2.0 to the It's almost as if if you remember when WWF went from the super gimmicky characters from the new generation era of wrestling, which was like 94, 95, or maybe even started in 93, and then 96-ish attitude era. So, like, if you're, like, a super gimmicky person, like, doink, Crush at the time, Ron Simmons had like this weird character to him. Character, the characters themselves were being fizzled out for the more realism of -hmm. wrestling, like from you know, because WCW had really started that off with the NWO. That's kind of how I look at this.
0: You could also say that they did that too between the attitude era and the ruthless aggression era,
1: yeah um so you know because you saw like randy Orton, john cena i think this is their way to to tell the old stars of nxt hey if you're not fitting the mold of what we're trying to create now you're out of here
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I, and that's why like i think some of these guys see the writing on the wall like adam cole saw the writing on the wall because now look at the guys that are getting pushed in nxt it's not adam cole Guys like Adam Cole's size, like Roderick Strong. Kyle O'Reilly had a huge push when Adam Cole was there, and now he's back in a tag team division-type deal. Mm -hmm. But look at the guys that are getting pushed now. They're bigger guys, like a Joe Gacy. They're bigger guys, like a Braun Breaker. They're bigger guys like uh, Parker.
0: Yep. Or even like Tony D'Angelo, who just showed up, the Italian guy. Um, Yeah. Carmelo Hayes is a little smaller, but he's got a gigantic bodyguard with him.
1: Yeah. So you can tell who's kind of running the ship a little bit there because the bigger guys are getting pushed again Mm -hmm. because Vince likes bigger guys. So if you're a Kyle O'Reilly, a Roderick Strong.
0: Tommaso Ciampa. Johnny
1: Johnny Gargano. What happens to you on the main roster? What happens? You're watching all your friends get fired and leave. What, what do you do? You're going to leave. Do you, do you stay or do you, do you try and join your friends? Exactly. That's...
0: And, and that, that leads me to believe, like, what, what the heck's going to happen with Champa in the future, too? Because it's it's clear as day to anybody watching this show that the only reason that Tommaso Champa is being placed as champion right now is because they wanted somebody legitimate to be built up for a braun breaker to beat for the title. And you, you that's what's happening. You can see it every week. They are literally about to feed Tommaso Ciampa the to Braun breaker. Not that he's not bad, but like, it just seems disrespectful the way they're doing it, in my opinion.
1: How did you like that they finally recognized him as a Steiner giving him a nickname?
0: The big, bad booty nephew. Like, you couldn't have just given him the last name of Steiner to begin with then?
1: Or even acknowledge his father, the dog-faced gremlin? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, they're, that's cool. They're,
0: they're acknowledging more on air through references that he is Scott Steiner's nephew than they are acknowledging that he is Rick Steiner's son.
1: Which you, you Are you ready for this extremely weirdest piece of information I'm going to give you today before we go to the next match? Yes. yes. Did you know that Rick Steiner is in the top 10 for WWE of the highest winning percentages.
0: I did know that. I remember you telling me before.
1: This is based out of matches. If you've had over 30 matches in WWE, I believe Mm -hmm. he's sitting at like he's in the top 10. Yeah. I think he has like a winning percentage of like 86 or 92 or something like that. And he had well over 130 some odd matches in WWE early on in his career from the early 90s so
0: yeah it's crazy but uh i just think it's weird that they're uh that they're kind of referencing scott more than rick with his references considering that scott's the one that's got bad blood with the company but that's beyond yeah moving on to the next match though uh we already talked about our feelings of the cruiserweight division and this match just proves it Roderick Strong is defending the Cruiserweight title against Joe Gacy, who is mine and Lee's boy. We used to watch him in Binghamton at Excite Wrestling. We have pictures with Joe back when he had long hair and was like a punk rocker type wrestler and was not what he is now. But our boy Joe Gacy is going for the Cruiserweight title tonight, Lee.
1: I got a signed table piece somewhere when he went through a table from Excite, actually, one of the last shows he wrestled in. Right after it was right when he had come back from doing the evolve thing. And it was on WWE. Mm. I got a piece of the signed table that he went through. It was pretty cool. Um, obviously I'm rooting for Joe Gacy. I want to see Joe Gacy win. My problem is he's not a cruiserweight, but I don't care that, right. that it doesn't affect me. I've seen it all over the internet. He's not a cruiserweight and I'm just sitting there like kind of contradicting myself because like, I love, I love the cruiserweight division. I want to see it, you know, become a thing. But when you're doing something like this where it's not a cruiserweight, I'm kind of like, eh, but it's Joe Gacy. So I'm kind of like, well, you know, I wanted to win. End of story. Right.
0: Basically because this is somebody whose career we've watched since the Indies and we yeah. know personally. So it's kind of, it's cool to see.
1: So like we might not like the cruiserweight division in itself right now because there's nothing left of it, but you know, it's Joe Gacy. Uh, I'm going Joe Gacy.
0: I'm pulling for Joe Gacy too. Good luck out there, my friend. And, and I love, just remember I love he's his got
1: Harland with with too. I love his gimmick. Me too. I do.
0: Um, Moving on though, we have the first war games match of the night. Raquel Gonzalez, Iru Shirai, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai and toxic attraction.
1: You know, I, I, I've read where people are trying to compare this as a new school, old school, but you kind of have a mix in there with each other Mandy Rose is a former black and gold NXT member type deal also you know Monday she,
0: Night Raw and Smackdown member too
1: yeah and she's already been on the main roster so like uh, I want to say Toxic Attraction and Mandy one.
0: Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai
1: or Dakota Kai yeah I'm yeah. sorry um, Dog, uh, Mandy's part of a Toxic Attraction wow, you're fine like, you're
0: fine it happens we're all human. Um, no, I'm going to say the same thing too, mainly because they have the NXT women's champion, Mandy Rose on that side.
1: Um, all the women's champions are on that side. So yeah. like I'm totally for it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say so too. Um, I think a cool way to make like a big splash out of this match would maybe be to have like Dakota Kai and Toxic Attraction win. And then I would say you have Kaylee Ray basically take her frustrations out on Raquel Gala's after them losing because Kaylee is an incredible heel. Uh, her, her run as a heel on NXT UK was incredible. So I think you take that loss and you turn that into a feud between Raquel and Kaylee, money.
1: I agree. I have one problem with war games in itself, and it's because I know we're going to see some of the same spots in the men's and the women's match. When it comes to the athleticism between men and women, we no disrespect, we know that men can do more than women in the ring. And that's not to be sexist or anything like that. It's We've seen it in men's and women's sports throughout our whole lives. I'm expecting in this match, we're going to see Raquel at the bottom. Two of the girls are going to be in like trying to do a double suplex off the top rope to another girl. Raquel's going to come over, wrap her arms around each one of those girls, and you're going to see the double powerbomb with the suplex. I'm expecting Mm -hmm. to see that in the men's match. Um,
0: I'm also expecting to see Eo Shirai jump off the top of the cage at some point.
1: I was going to go there next. Um, Whether it's the whole group at the bottom of the cage watching, doing the – oh my God, someone's going to jump. Why are we just standing here watching?
0: (laughs) Why wouldn't we just move and let them fall and break their neck?
1: Or like, why can't we just like literally up until they jump feud with each other punching instead, all of a sudden we look and there's that person. We're just like, like a deer in headlights. Like that doesn't. So I'm expecting to see that, but I'm also expecting to see that in the men's match. I'm expecting a table spot somewhere. Um, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I, I don't want to see the same spots over and over again. Like, cause at that point it just becomes gimmick, not even gimmick. It just becomes the same match with different faces and that, that gets old too. Right. So I'm hoping that we see some different multi-person things happen instead of the same things that we see time and time again. And I, if I can bring up that spot specifically with the double power bomb superplex off the top rope that tells you i've seen it too much over the years because it's a main spot that wwe loves to do over and over in these kind even, of even even
0: in regular matches they do it uh, even in regular multi-man matches
1: give me give me something different give me give me give me like, a
0: marty uh, ginnetti running top rope powerbomb off the top of the cell. <laughs> yeah
1: give, give me get give, yeah like when he did it to skip in survivor series 93 give me the top rope powerbomb Give me what's his name in, in TNA when he runs across the steel. Oh, uh
0: Elix Elix Skipper.
1: Yeah, Elix Skipper running across the cage, hitting a hurricane rana. Show me something like that and I will I'll cream my jeans. I'll go crazy. I love those big spots, but I don't want to see the 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 double power bomb superplex again and again and again. It gets old, man. <laughs> you please know?
0: don't please don't ever use the term cream my jeans again.
1: but i would man i would go bonkers and mark out (laughs) i'm not marking out for a powerbomb fucking suplex again it does nothing anymore it's and and then the crowd holy shit holy shit like you haven't seen it 30 times in the last 20 pay-per-views wwe's done with hell in a cell tlc all these specialty type matches money in the bank where they do the same freaking high spots over. Not to mention
0: that we also see those spots in other companies too
1: yes exactly i don't want to see the same spot again that's all i'm getting to when it comes to the war games
0: yeah no i uh i totally feel you but i'm uh, i'm gonna go with you and say dakota kai and toxic traction wins because that seems like more of the direction that they're going in Moving on to the last match of the night. We've already touched on this a little bit. Team Black and Gold of Tommaso Chanta, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunn, and LA Knight versus Team 2.0 of Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo.
1: This is all just to prove a point to the OGs that it's going to be 2.0.
0: Yeah, this is the uh, this is Black and Gold NXT's Swan Song.
1: Yeah. This the this is Next week we'll be playing a 10 bell salute for the black and gold of NXT. Oh yeah. We might as well do that for Ring of Honor too, because they have their last pay-per-view final battle next week as well. Um I don't really think we need to touch anything more about that final match. We we kind of talked about it earlier.
0: Yeah, uh team 2.0's gotta they've gotta win if they're going in this direction. And I have a feeling <laughs> John I have a feeling Johnny Gargano's taking the pin tonight.
1: Gargano takes the pin his last match at the end. I'm sure we see, or I'm sure they'll do it off air where he gets the mic says his goodbye type deal.
0: Yep. They'll have him say goodbye and either Tommaso Chapa will hug him and say goodbye to him or he'll beat the Holy hell out of him.
1: I will just hope that if they do it off air, that someone like Manny Motati. The Curtain Call kid will be there since he filmed the Curtain Call at Madison Square Garden. We can see the Curtain Call of Johnny Gargano and NXT. Which, by the way, if you want to know more about Manny Motati, who filmed the Curtain Call, you can go to our YouTube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope and hear about the Curtain Call. But Manny Motati also does something special. He's only shown that tape three times to people. We were fortunate enough to be one of those three YouTube.com slash perch on the top rope,
0: man. You are doing a really good job of the, uh, the selfless plugs today.
1: I got no shame.
0: Yeah, no, and, absolutely and, not.
1: And that's what this is about. It's about perched on the top rope. It's about the fans and our community coming together and enjoying the content that we've been creating the last year on that YouTube page and with our podcast, Apple podcasts from awesome interviews to great talks like this, Al.
0: Absolutely. Well, Lee, before we decide to wrap things up today, I knew, know that you just mentioned uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle. Do you want to touch on that before we decide to call the day?
1: Uh, yeah, let's touch on it. And, and we're going to talk about it next week. Is I, I think it might be a proper send-off to make next week's show mm-hmm. about Ring of Honor since Ring of Honor has been so gracious and, and great with us, sending us over such fantastic people. To work with like John Gresham, who I've spoken to, like a Rhett Titus, like a Joe Hendry, we'll do something special with those interviews too. Even though we've had them up before, um, Mark Criscoll has been a phenomenal PR guy for for ROH and has been tremendous to us here at Perched on the Top Rope. So I think next week it would only be a proper send off to final battle that we really give a big thank you to ring of honor and just do a show dedicated to them because they've also sent us guys like Shane Taylor, who's a phenomenal person to to speak with. Um, So let's break down ring of honor final battle. I, I have no order, but there's a grudge match between Shane Taylor and Kenny King. Shane Taylor has been a workhorse. ring of honor especially with his shane taylor promotions uh that he's that he's got going on with his his faction there kenny king has been an in and out ring of got ring of honor guy for a long time now l how do you predict this match um
0: shane taylor seems to be i mean I, i don't watch ring of honor too much but i knew i do know who these guys are i do know their careers to an extent um Shane Taylor, I feel like, is a a little bit of a younger guy, a little more has a little more time in his career than Kenny King might. And if this company's on its way out, I I feel like Kenny King is probably gonna do the honors and he's probably going to put Shane Taylor over, especially if Shane's gonna move on to another company and be a big threat, you know, there as well. So I'm gonna go with Shane Taylor for this match.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Shane as well. I, I'm just going to be biased. I'm not even going to be biased, to be honest with you. It's I'm a fan of Shane Taylor. I've been a fan of the Shane Taylor promotions, and and all that work that he's done with that. You know, really building that faction up. So, I, I'm going to go with Shane Taylor. Um, from my understanding, the rest of the card is literally all championship matches. After this. ROH six-man tag team championship, the righteous Vincent Bateman and Dutch taking on Shane Taylor promotions, who are the six-man tag team champions. I do expect titles to change because as we know, ring of honor is basically let go of everybody in the company. But I think by strapping the championships on people with this supposed little, I'm going to call it a reincarnation coming in April of 2022. By releasing a lot of these stars, I'm expecting stars of maybe lesser caliber to become champions. If they're bringing the company back. So as much as I said, Shane Taylor wins the grudge match, there's no title on the line when it comes to Shane Taylor promotions in the six man championship, Alex, I'm going to go with a swerve and say that the righteous become the new six man champions.
0: I'm going to agree with you because I, if they're going to do a rebrand, um, come April, I feel like they might want some newer names that they can try and build this new idea around and Shane Taylor promotions being a little more bigger of a deal. I could see them going somewhere else. Um, I could see them potentially uh, seeing what like a new Japan would do for them because, you know, they have their six man tag team championships over there too, or like a triple a or something like that. So I'm going to say that Shane Taylor promotions drops the titles to the righteous in this match
1: as well. Yeah. It's a good call. I like that. Um, We have the ROH pure title match, which, Al, if you remember when we interviewed Rhett Titus, we got to learn all about the pure rules for Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interesting championship, to say the least. Um, We know John Gresham held it for a really long time before he lost it to the current champion who is Josh Woods. Josh Woods is taking on Brian Johnson. Um, This is a match where I see Josh Woods retaining, and I say that because they had him beat someone who's the caliber of John Gresham who went undefeated for a few years with that championship, which was an impressive run. Uh, Brian Johnson to be, I honestly, I don't know too much about, and I apologize for that fans who are listening in saying, well, who is that? I apologize. Cause I'm doing the same thing. Uh, I see Josh Woods retaining.
0: I'm i uh, I'm going to agree with you on that one as well. I, uh, Josh Woods seems to be a big deal. In Ring of Honor right now, and I could see him being one of the guys that they maybe, uh, you know, they put focus on in this new rebranding. And the reason I say that is the Ring of Honor pure championship has always been a big deal, even when, you know, even though it's been uh, around on and off over the years. Um, It's always been a big deal and it's always been held by big names. So I have a feeling Josh Woods is going to become a big name in this rebranding. This championship that has been held by the likes of AJ Styles, Doug Williams, Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe, Nigel McGuinness, Brian Danielson, John Gresham, like you had said, Um, they're going to want to build Josh Woods up to be big.
1: He's yeah. gonna
0: so I'm thinking he's gonna win this match, and I think he's gonna be one of the superstars. That if the if ring of honor comes back as a new name, a, a new wrestling show, I have a feeling he might be one of the, the focal points.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That was one of those ones, like you know, they said that there were going to be some names that stay, and I think that, that that that's gonna be one of them. Our next match is the ROH World Tag Team Championship, the champions OGK. Ooh versus the briscoes this one throws me off al because we already know that the briscoes are also part of gcw game changer wrestling um i think that for this being the last show i think that roh will strap the briscoes one last time they've been a long time tag team in ring of honor
0: I mean, they're the face of the tag team division in that company,
1: and very loyal to Ring of Honor, for from what I've seen over the years. So, I'm going to go with the Briscoes on this for the loyalty factor of, of everything they've done.
0: Yeah, uh, this match confused this one. It, it confuses me a little um, as to who's going to win because I think this is going to be one of those matches where whoever wins. I think these titles are going to be, I mean, all the titles I feel like are eventually going to be probably vacated if there's a rebranding and a new name anyway, but this match specifically um, I don't think you're going to see any of the four of these guys stay around when ring of honor does the rebranding. And I say that because there have already been um, accounts of both the Briscoe brothers and Matt Taven having been backstage at recent AEW Dynamite episodes. So that's that's three names, being the Briscoes and Matt Taven, that we might see jump ship to AEW. And also, you know, obviously, if Matt Taven goes, I feel like Mike Bennett is not far
1: behind him. And you know what? It's so funny that you have said that. I didn't even think about the fact that they showed up at AEW. w didn't even did, completely in and out of my head so that could change my results to be honest with you uh to where i might uh, now i'm 50 50 because now i don't know but I'm, I'm gonna stick with the briscoes just for the nostalgia factor to give the fans a, a good feel send off vibe type deal Yeah, I, I'm just saying
0: uh, this match is going to be very hard to predict because I have a feeling that both of these tag teams we're going to see in AEW fairly soon.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, and if they bring them back and they're both over there at that point, then uh, maybe we see a tag team tournament of some sorts or something, kind of like what they did with the, the Women's World Championship. And speaking of the Women's World Championship, Alex, Fightful Select has actually posted what the match is, but I'm not paying to find out. So I really don't know what the match is. It's Roxy, and it's either Mandy Leon or Willow. So, again, Fightful Select knows what the match is because, you know, Sean Ross Sapp over there has it on lockdown, but I'm not paying to hear what the match is. So I'm just going to say that the 19 year old wins because she's the champion proxy.
0: I'll agree. I don't know too much about um, these competitors, unfortunately. So I'll go with whoever is champion on this match. Yeah. I just know she's 19
1: or something like that. Right. She's a phenomenal talent from what little I've seen, but um, yeah, that, that uh, ring of honor women's tournament didn't really pan out that well. So. It is what it is, but now we go to the Ring of Honor World Championship. Al, two longtime ROH standouts, Bandito, who's the champion now, also part of GWC or GCW, and also part of, uh, I believe, shows up AAA once in a mm-hmm. while. He's taking on John Gresham. I mean, John Gresham is another one that I feel he'll get picked up very quickly. Both yeah. men are phenomenal talents. I would like to say both men will return to ring of honor, but if they both get picked up, it's obviously not happening. And we've already seen bandito in GCW. So um, I'm again, I'm going to go with a nostalgia esque type factor and say that they finally strapped John Gresham with it.
0: Uh, I I could agree with that. I think uh, this this match is obviously going to close out, and um, I think they're going to go with the feel-good moment of John Gresham winning the match. However, I don't know if you know this or not, John Gresham was also one of the talents that was recently backstage at AEW, so even if he does win, uh, I don't think he's coming back when this rebranding happens. Not, not to say that any of these guys are 100% signed because we don't know that, but it's, it's a good sign when you hear that one of those guys is backstage, because it means that someone's interested. It means they're at least there to talk to somebody. Um, However, I I would like, you know, banditos had his, his time and he's been a great champion. Uh, I would like to see John Gresham get the win on this one. I think it'd be a feel good moment for the fans.
1: I got to agree. that I mean, that's why I'm going with them. Just like the same reason why I said I was going to go with the Briscoes. They're OGs. It's a feel-good moment. It's everything that Ring of Honor needs for a final show, for this final battle, for this pay-per-view. I do think that it's a shame ring of honor has always had a hard time coming up and that that is a no shot at the age of which rob feinstein goes for boys since he is the one who created ring of honor He also just announced, though, as you know, he was the creator of Ring of Honor. And when he stepped down after all that happened, he is closing RF video that he does his shoot interviews and everything. He's closing that down. No more DVD sales. Uh, Speaking of no more DVD sales, we also saw WWE announced that in Canada and USA, there will be no more Blu-rays and DVDs. The last pay-per-view that will get a Blu-ray and DVD is, in fact, Survivor Series 2021. Dang. well with the change of the business and peacock and everything and the street yeah services,
0: we're we're coming into and in, we're into a new age of technology now those things yeah. are badly becoming obsolete
1: you know um i for one would rather have a physical copy just like the vhs tape traders back in the day because uh they will edit out stuff mm-hmm. you know like a lot of fans were upset about peacock editing a lot of things out this is one of those situations where through the streaming service, things will be edited, you know, from little things like crowd sound and this and that.
0: That's why you're like us and you screen record things while it's happening. So you can save it.
1: Yeah. Um, Next week, fans, we will have a show that is heavily dedicated to Ring of Honor. Everything uh, related to Ring of Honor. We'll talk about think I think it's only fair that we do that talk about all the stars that came out of ring of honor that we might not see in AEW, new japan or wwe today we'll look back at some cult classic matches absolutely that that happened in ring of honor and i think it might just even be necessary al that we take every ring of honor interview that we've done and give it to the fans in the one show which uh, fans, we will give you a heads up that next week will be a long show, but it's worth it. It's Ring of Honor. They've they've done so much for the wrestling community that you might not realize from guys like CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe. So many names that we might not have ever seen. AJ Styles. AJ Styles, The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, names that we might we might not have even seen AEW if it wasn't for Ring of Honor, folks.
0: If it weren't for Ring of Honor, there would be no AEW. There would have been no TNA. There wouldn't be most of the crop of successful WWE talent that we see today. Ring of Honor has had, as a promotion, probably a bigger impact on the business than in the past 20 years, than just about anything else.
1: 100%. And for that next week's show will be dedicated to ring of honor. Ladies and gentlemen, it is about that time that we go through and end the show. Al, if you don't mind, you want to do a little role reversal today. Okay. I'll let you end and I'll I'll do I'll Oh yeah 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 I'm 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 into I'm into role play we can do it. Okay. Oh okay. Wow. <laughs> Call me daddy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us everywhere and anywhere on social media. Go to Facebook perched on the top rope. We have happily broken over 9,000 likes and follows. Our goal was 9,000 for the year. I believe we are very close to 9,100. We thank you for that. We are on Twitter. You can find us perched top rope. You can find us on Instagram, which is thriving right now with over 300,000 views that are coming into our Instagram account. That account is perched on the top rope podcast. Look for us on Instagram there. You can find us on YouTube where the adorable one here does all these fantastic edits to our interviews and to fun clips that we have from former MLW referee, Larry, keeping the peace, peace, Jr. Rap battling the great wrestling journalist, Bill Apter to me getting Chopped viciously in the chest and the neck by Greg Valentine and more. Elle is fantastic with the edits. Please go check all his work out on our YouTube, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Fantastic interviews and great news insight that you will not hear anywhere else. If you like podcasts, you can find us everywhere from Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, PodBay, Podbean. Amazon, anywhere else that you can find podcasts, all you got to do is search Perched on the Top Rope. And for those that listen to us in other countries that have us on their chartable from Canada, Great Britain, Ireland, we hear you, we see you, we thank you. And if you are in Ireland, I highly suggest going to Dublin's, my favorite pub when I was there, O'Shea's Pub phenomenal food. If you're not from the country, it is a great authentic pub with authentic Irish pub food. Go get yourself a Guinness and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, we are also on TikTok perched on the top rope. You can find funny clips of things like the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog. Oh, it's true. It's there. You can also check out some great fan artwork because we are promoters in the wrestling game, as we had the inspiration at the big event and showcase of Legend Six. As a fan, Al, this was crazy. You can find it on our TikTok. A fan made a portrait of Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay out of nails. That's incredible. It's awesome. Go check it out. TikTok perched on the top rope. Fans, we are everywhere and anywhere on social media and where podcasts can be found and where our videos can be found. Remember, take it away.
0: Guys, we hope you had fun listening to us today. Lee and I do this every week, Rob with us as well. We do it so you guys have something to listen to, something to talk about as far as wrestling. We try and keep it real. We kind of try and talk things, talk about things like you guys would. You know, it's it's just it's a chill place. But we're we hope you had fun listening to us today. But before we go, there's one, one thing that we need to make sure that you guys remember, and that spoiler-free is the way to be. We're out. Peace.